0: Hello and welcome to Life After Child Loss of Parents Grief. I'm Angela, your host. And today's topic is being there for each other. Being there for each other. Welcome back. And I want to say first off that this will probably be the last episode for this season. and We'll come back in a couple of months or um, and start season five. But today we're gonna to talk about being there for each other in the bereavement community. I I came across a story on uh social media and I'm gonna read this to you guys and giving credit to the author of it. But I I think it's gonna be important going forward for for us in this bereavement community, the grieving community. Um and it will help, hopefully it will provide some help for you on your journey. I've said before in the episode that, you know, when you think of other, when other people that unfortunately have to experience this, uh, losing a child, having to bury a child, that, you know, it's, it's easy to say, uh, if you need me, call me. And I've suggested in an episode or two before that when you're out and you're getting things for you, you know, and you're going to the grocery store or going to, uh, shopping or whatnot, just pick up something and take it to them. Because nine times out of 10, if you go to that person and those, those parents, they're going to say that they're okay, or that they, they'll tell you, uh, or you tell them, um, If you need me, call me. They need you. They need you. There's no if they need you. Because you've been there. You know what you need. You know, as a grieving parent or a bereaved parent. It's it's to be thought about is one thing. But taking it to the next level is something else. Just do it. Kind of like Nike. You know, just do it. It's easier. And... It's so much better. We we do things that we've been taught or that we've heard over and over and over again. We become cliche, cliche-ish. We say cliche things and make cliche statements. Um, And we just kind of go with that and keep going. Because especially if, and, and it's not that people aren't thinking, you know, are, are not trying to be thoughtful. And we're just doing what we know. And so I I seen this um, on social media and and it instantly um, became a podcast topic for me. So it's called Grief Groceries. And I'm going to read it and then we'll go from there. Grief Groceries. I saw this letter today as a funeral director's son. I have been around this for years. This is some of the best advice I have ever seen. Hey there, thanks for writing. I'm really glad your friend has you in her life. I get it. Grief is a funny thing. It's the time in your life, in our life, when we most need help. And also the time when asking for help is so hard. Not because we're ashamed to ask for help, although that happens sometimes too, but mostly because our brain just sort of shuts down. When my dad died, I looked functional, but I wasn't okay, not at all. And when the news got out, the ton of people flooding me with calls, texts, and DMs was overwhelming. I really couldn't function. I sat on the swing in our yard and just stared into space. People called and asked what they could do to help. I had no idea. Well, anything you need at all, let me know, okay? Okay. They hung up. I stared into space some more. I had no idea what to do. What I needed, I didn't even know what to ask for. Then a friend sent me a text. This friend had met had met dad once, but didn't really know him. But still, she knew I was hurting. I saw who it was, and I almost put the phone down without reading the text, but I saw the message, and it stopped me. Will you be at home at 8.30 tonight? What's weird is this friend lives 12 hours away from me. Yes, I replied. K. Ten minutes later, she said, Instacart will be there at 8.30. Open the door for them. What? Grief groceries. When Instacart showed up, they put two large bags of groceries on my porch. Frozen pizzas, ice cream, Oreo cookies, tin soup, Stouffer's lasagna, a gallon of milk, like that. Things I could heat up if I needed a meal or pig out on if I needed fat and sugar. Sometimes you just need to eat half a box of Oreos. Notice she didn't ask if I needed any food. I would have said no. She just asked if I would be home. Grief Groceries. Another friend who lives out of town asked Renee to name a restaurant near our house where we like to eat. There's a local chain near our house that is sort of a deli. When we eat supper there, we spend about $25. Renee told her the name of the place. An hour later, there was a gift card in my inbox for $250. Yes, that is a lot of money, and I understand not everyone can do that. But the wonderful thing was that because it was simple, it, it was that because it was enough for multiple, multiple meals, we didn't try to save it for the right time. We ate there that night and take out from there several times a week for the next month on nights when I just didn't have the spoons to cook. Both of those gift giver, givers knew something I didn't know that when you are grieving, you don't want to make decisions. No, that's not quite it. You can't make decisions. You hit decision fatigue really fast. So I guess what I'm saying is, don't ask grieving people to make big choices or decisions. How can I help is a big choice. But can I take the kids this afternoon so you can have some time to yourself is a much smaller one. Will you be home tonight is a small choice. What restaurant do you like is a small decision. Just showing up to cut their grass because you noticed they need it Cutting is loads better than asking, do you want me to cut the grass? Or I'm going to target. What can I get you while I'm there? It's better than, can I run any errands for you? It won't always be like this. If you stick around, eventually they will surface and ways to be helpful will make themselves known. But in the first first few days, especially, it helps to remove as many decisions from their plate as you can. Original words from Hugh Hollowell, Jr. We'll be right back. Welcome back. There are so many points in that story that I could break down. <laughs> I know some people don't want to listen to one person talk that long, so I won't do all of them. But I want to point out the, the big parts of that. Um, and what I've chosen to do as um, I have a, a, a grief support group for bereaved parents, um, we're going to start doing those, doing that, grief groceries. Um, and I believe that's going to help and in, in help making a difference in our approach to other grieving parents, especially because, like he said it's the big decisions. I mean, you go into a complete different headspace. You don't want to make decisions. You have the hard enough task of really having to semi accept. And I say semi because even though you know as a as a parent you know your child is is gone and you know you're gonna have to make these funeral arrangements and whatnot after that funeral that's when the grief starts and that's when the reality really sets in when people are, are fading away all of the company all of the phone calls all of the texts, and, and and all of that It fades away because people's life, your world is stopping. People's lives are are continuing. So they have to go back to what they were already doing, you know, their life. And you're still stuck. So you're semi in that, you know, acceptance. And so the last thing you want to do is have to make a decision. What do you need? and again people are thoughtful people mean well they do it's not to take away that we we do i've said before before my son passed away i used to be a part of that group of people who well meaning people who want to do something or want to say something and we say cliche things And ask cliche questions. What do you need? What did you need? And they're going to say nothing. We're okay. Thank you. That's what I've said. And I know that's what many of you have said. And again, I thank God for the people who stuck it out with me. Especially the first two years. I had a consistent number of people who stuck it out with me um, and that were, you know, constantly checking on me. So, but, but when it comes down to really being there, really doing something meaningful that'll help, that's what we're going to start doing. And which is, which is why I entitled this being there for each other because the last thing we want is for someone we know and love to have to experience what we're going through. But we're not the first and we're, we won't be the last. There's going to be people that we know and we care and we love and uh, care about and love that will have to go through this. Unfortunately, let's make it count. Do what you know you now that you can think you know start back thinking let's do that stuff when you go to the store just go you know um pick up some things and and take it over there but we're going to start providing grief groceries to those in in our community and um that we can you know get to and um uh, and and it was a perfect idea in which the lady who he said they they got, um she picked up things that can be put in the microwave or uh, easily just, you know, snacks. Because you don't feel like cooking. Who eats when their child dies? I mean, really. You can't, you don't have an appetite. And someone that's in your circle or, you know, they, they kind of force you try to at least take a bite of something. So that helps because you don't want to have to make decisions. And I didn't even think about that. Um, in, until I read that is that decision fatigue, it happens quickly And, and so you don't even realize it because you're, you're grieving. You're, you're, you're frozen in time, you're frozen in time. So what we're going to do is start providing those grief groceries to bereaved parents, um, in our community that unfortunately has to walk this journey, uh, themselves because it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, and, and we all want to make the journey count. Eventually, and, and this is not the truth for everybody. You may not be there yet. And that's okay. I'm speaking to those who are there where, I mean, it's easy to be like, oh, I know what they're going through. We really don't know, no. Because our love is unique for our our children. You understand what I'm saying? I hope that makes sense. Is that I can understand what you're going through. But I don't know. Because I don't know how you loved your child. I know you loved your child, but you loved your child uniquely. Just like I love my child uniquely. And so it's important to understand that um, we're still in the community. This is our community brief community Um, and we have to take care of each other it's gonna hurt it even that is difficult because my heart breaks when i learn of a of a a parent you know having to uh, bury their child no matter the cause the cause doesn't matter i understand the journey that they're about to go on just like you and I. And it's not easy for any of us. And I believe in God personally. I I pray for us daily. I understand that you can be, the, regardless of how long it's been or whatever, you miss your child. And and to anything can set it can trigger you. The smallest thing can trigger you. A smell can trigger you. A sound can trigger you. And you'll be back in the headspace. It's gonna seem like yesterday. It's gonna seem like today. Like it just happened. And so we need to be able to. I want to be able to help any way that I can. Because I understand that this isn't easy. And nothing about burying your child is easy. Nothing about accepting that your child is no longer here is easy. But I also understand that when it happens after the funeral, that's when the grief starts. You have people who come over consoling and con- giving their condolences and uh, sharing in moments. Which you sitting with you when it first happens, all of that fades away because they have to go back to their lives, and you're still sitting in your grief. and And that's okay. That's that's how it goes. Their world didn't stop yours did, and you have to find a way eventually. To get back moving, to get back functioning, you play catch-up, trying to play catch-up. I'm still behind trying to play catch-up, and there are certain things that we can do for each other and for, for others that are newly starting this journey that we can be of, of service to them. And it provides some help to you. Because not only do you understand that you aren't alone, they realize that they aren't alone. And what better way than to provide that, what you knew you needed. You didn't know then when you were, you know, when it was fresh. And I mean, right then, you didn't know. Because for decision fatigue set in. You don't wanna to have to do that. You don't wanna to have to think. What can what else can you think about? So if you're in a different space where you can provide that, it goes a long way. It will go a long way. Welcome back and again. I wanna reiterate that grief groceries has been so profound since I since I read it, came across it on social media and read it and it resonated with me. And my group strengthening what remains will be providing some of those things to bereaved parents in our community, you know, as they happen. Um again, be of service at some point in your journey, if you want to, you know, you know, someone and want to be, help them, um, that's a good way of doing it. You know what you can afford to do. You know, we're not a big organization. It's just, it's a uh, grief support group that, um, uh, the Lord led me to doing. And, um, that's going to be a way that we provide to be of service to other, um, people as it, you know, happens. No one wants to go through this. None of us asked to be on this journey. None of us wanted, chose this. It chose us. And so again, um, that's the way, again, you know what you can afford and what you can't. If you can't do it, um, then it's okay. Be there for them. You know what you needed. You probably know now better what you needed then, you know. And again, after that, after the funeral is over, the people's lives go back, you know, to normal for them. And, it, and you're stuck and you have to find a way. But this is a way for many of us who can in our, um to, to help others. We are a community all to ourselves. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, um, again, this is our last episode of season four. And we'll be back in a couple of months. Maybe sooner. I don't know. Um, but right now this is our last episode for season four and please go back and follow us, subscribe. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook, life after child loss of parents grief. You can reach out to us. You can, there's a way you can interact. If you listen to us on Spotify or whatever platform you listen to us on, please leave a comment and, um, we'll, we'll reach back out. I don't always get the notifications right when they happen, but I do go back periodically and check for comments and, and whatnot. You can leave a voice message, to, um, and, and that's available to, to do. Um, I do periodically go back and listen and look um, and answer, reply back to you. I am so thankful and so grateful that God put this on my heart to do, um, to provide a platform. We're not the only one, but because of you, I'm able to continue to do this. I do have to take breaks. Again, it doesn't matter the time length. uh, It's still, it's an ongoing process and journey for each of us. And in order for me to share, In order for you to be able to share your experience, I have to share mine. But I also have to take the time out to clear my headspace and continue to do what God has has told me to do. This isn't the only thing God has me doing. And I'm so thankful. I'm humbled by the responses that I continually receive. Um, They help me. They really do help me to get through. So I love each of you. I pray for us daily. I really do. So to you guys, I love you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. Unfortunately, we are a member of this community. And it's a journey. But always remember, there is pain. There is purpose in the pain. Doesn't feel good. May not make it right. Doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make the pain go away. But there is purpose in the pain. I love you. See you next season.